Okay, today's stuff is Lamadalid, getting Lamadalid. We pick up six lines from the top, and where um, the larger context is the Mishnah's discussion that a husband who sends a get to his wife can be Mivatalid as long as the get has not yet reached her. And um, in the past, they used to even be able to make a based in um, and be Mivatalid without her being aware of it. Uh, and Ramam Leo put an end to that practice because of Tikkunolam. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this six lines from the top, Lamadalid, Lamadalid. So Gidabar Eli, some man, sent to get to his wife. So the uh, shaliach came, the messenger came, you know, the agent, and saw that she was, she was there and she was knitting. Um, so he said, here's your get. You know, I'm not interested. Come tomorrow. It's like he's trying to serve. You know, you, you know you've been served. But he was at least cordial enough. And uh, he said, come back tomorrow. And he decided to come back tomorrow, even though he could have given it to her. You can, a man can divorce his wife against her will. But anyway, that's what happened. Okay. So Azul Gabe. So he went back to Guido Bar Eli, who uh, sent him. Um, and he told him what happened. You know, your wife told me to come back tomorrow. So Gidabar realized, you know, answered back and said, like, oh, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hatov Ametiv. Thank God that, you know, you didn't actually deliver to her. It was clear that he had remorse and he did not want to have divorced his wife. Um, okay. Now, Abai Amar, Baruch Hatov Ametiv, the Gita. So he said, Baruch Hatov Ametiv, but he wasn't out in the Vat of the Get. And if the Shaliach was to decide to continue to deliver the Get, um, it would still be good. So, you know, the language of Abai is Lobato Gita, and that's the language of the Mishnah, you know, to be Mevatel the Get. Um, Rashi here speaks about being Mevatel the Shlichus. Um, in order to say that it would still be good, you have to say both are true, that even though he made it clear that he did not want her to be divorced, A, it does not constitute a bittle of the get. Okay, that's one thing, you know, because uh, you don't, we don't even exactly understand what that means, a bittle of the get, how does that work? You know, the classic understanding is there's some type of a lishma that the husband puts into the get, and it's connected to him, and therefore he could do Mevatel it. But okay, maybe therefore you need a particular speech act to be mevatel the power of the get to make the get no longer an effective, you know, an effective document. But the shlichos, the agency, right? You would think that logically, if it's clear that he no longer wants to divorce his wife, that um, that maybe you know the agent, the shlichos would end. But Abai's point is no. We we certainly know what his intent is, but until he actually revokes the agency and until he actually is mevatel the get, all of that remains in place. Okay, barachatov ametiv lobatulgiti. Rabba mar barachatov ametiv ubatulgita. No, the get is batel. And again, the, the simple language here is that the get is batel, but Rashi more emphasizes that the uh, shlichus is batel. But if you, and if you were to deliver the get, it would, the, the nafkamina would be that if he then were to be reappoint the shaliach, um, if you think that the get is batel, then you would have to actually use a new get. But anyway, okay, so Rabba, Rabba says that one way or another, um, when to, once we know his intent, it's, uh, it, you know, minimally the shlichus is batel. Okay, um, so now the verse is like this. Um, what's the debate? Whether when one reveals their intent by a get, is that enough to negate the shlichus or to be mevatel the get? Right? It's not a question of what what his das is. It's very clear here what his das is, but he did not do a specific act of being mevatel the get or of negating the shlichus. Um, that's, that has no value, that the fact that we know his, his desire, you know, you have to actually revoke it, uh, makes a lot of sense from a legal standpoint. No, that's enough. Once it's no longer being given with his wishes, the shliach can no longer be being, being said to be acting on his behalf. Okay. Um, um, uh, I'm a rabbi, you know, I mean a lot. 
oh, how do I, where do I get this idea that Gilugdas is enough? Rakesh just sort of compelled a man to divorce his wife against his will. Um, and this is obviously something that sometimes I, we wish over, we could do today. But the Gemara, you know, allows for cases where if it's operating through the basin, uh, a Jewish basin, and there's justifiable reasons, you know, then they can, the Jewish basin can force a person to uh, divorce his wife. He uh, forced him to say, I want to, you know, by twisting his arm behind his back. So that was the case. So Rakesh just forced a man to uh, divorce his wife against his will, so he was resistant, but in the end he said, I want to, because of the pressure of Bastin. And then, you know, after he sort of appointed the witnesses to go ahead and to, uh, you know, write the get and to deliver the get, he said, oh, Rav Sheshis actually said that the get is Batel. Okay, so that's what he said to them. Um, um, and Rav Sheshis required another get. So clearly, like he never was formally mevatel the shlichos, um, or never did a bittle of the get, but somehow by making it clear that he was not really interested in the get, maybe by making up this story about Rav Sheshis, but he made it clear that he wasn't interested, that was considered to be enough of a problem that uh, nullified the shlichos or nullified the get. So that's my evidence that Gilu Das is enough. The Abaye, what would Abaye respond back? Abaye would say, Atu Rav Sheshis The whole story doesn't make sense. Right, Rav Sheshis said that the get is bata. Like, <laughs> like you know, like, like Rav is not in a position to be mevatel other people's get. Now, of course, for somebody who's you know who's the nama aretz, a normal person doesn't necessarily understand that, and if the court is forcing him to write it. Maybe he thinks that the court has an ability to nullify it. But anyway, but Abai thinks that the whole story doesn't make sense. Okay, so you um, butle. So actually, what happened was was that he actually did do an act of bito. And the reason he said it to them this way, because of the lashes, meaning that he actually was being mevatalit after he told the witnesses to write it. Then he said, okay, I'm mevatalit. And then the uh, court uh, officers were uh, lashing him and beating him up and saying, you're not allowed to do that. And he was giving an excuse. And he said, no, 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 no. Rav told me that I could. Rav you know, said that I should be mevatal the get. So basically, Abai has a completely different story about this than Rava. Rava's story is, is that he said something which is false, but it made it clear he wanted to be mevatal the get. And Abai's story is, no, he actually was actively mevatal the get, um, and that's why we required um, another get. And sort of the saying of Roshesha was to get the people to stop beating him up, even though it was a lie. Okay, the Amar Abai. Now, Abai says that's Rava's pr- uh, proof. The Amar Abai, mean, amin la. Where do I get this idea? Because Rav Yermia, Rav Yehuda, um, you know, again, forced a get to, um, to be written for his for the son-in-law of um, Rabbi Yirmiya Bira'a. Okay, so Rabbi Yirmiya Bira'a's son-in-law, he um, forced him to give a get to Rabbi Yirmiya's daughter, Ubatle. Okay, and then this, um, this person that was being forced to, uh, to, and said, okay, fine, I want to, and then assigned witnesses to write the get, as soon as they stopped beating him up, then he was mevatel the get. Okay, so Tana, Ashkele, Ubatle. So then uh, he did it again. He forced him again to say, yes, I want to, and command the witnesses or whatever, the sofa, to write the get. And then again, uh, you know, he was mevatel it. Harutana Ashkele al Korche. So, um, the, so once again, he sort of, he got him to do it and forced him to do it. Here it says explicitly he forced him. Um, and he said to the witnesses, put a gourd in your ear. You know, I can't hear you because I've got a carrot in my ear. So put a gourd in your ear. Um, uh, and go ahead and write the get. 
Okay, so not, so basically, make sure you can't hear him telling you to that he is being mevatel the get or being mevatel you you know your tzivoy uh, for you to write the get on his behalf. Um, so. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I lost Okay, the Milsahi. Now, that makes sense if you need a formal retraction, and the formal retraction has to be directly given to the people who were commanded to go ahead and write the get or deliver the let. So, okay, so that makes sense. Just, you know, make sure you're not in earshot, plug up your ears. Milsahi, um, uh, 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 Right, but the isakdaitech, but giving daita bekita milsi. But if you think that revealing your intent suffices, and you don't need a formal retraction, the They see that he's running and trying to tell them, you know, to, to, to call on them and retract it and being mevatel. I mean, he's making it very clear with all of his actions, even if they can't hear a formal withdrawal. So, so this story only makes sense if you need a formal act of withdrawal that you can prevent yourself from hearing that. But it doesn't make sense if demonstrated desire to be mevatel suffices. So how is Rava going to answer this? For Rava, so Rava would say, no, hi, excuse me, go, uh, go give it to her quickly. So Rava would say, no, once you're stuffing up your ears, then um, you can allow yourself to reinterpret why is he running after them. Oh, he's running after because he says, just give it to her already, give it to her already. So Rava would say, yes, you need there to be guli das, but maybe we can sometimes be uh, creative based on the circumstances in terms of whether we're determining whether or not guli das has been demonstrated. Okay, so Rava has brought his proof about from the story that it sounded like there was guli das, to which about, and that was enough to nullify the process, and Abai responded, and said that that actually was an actual act of bittel. Then Abai gives his proof that it's enough to plug up your ears. So clearly, Guli Das does not suffice. And Rava's response is essentially that we can, um, you know, maybe under certain circumstances, we can just, we can be creative, you know, and decide whether or not we have actually seen sufficient Guli Das. Okay. Um, uh, go give it to her quickly that I should finally be done with all of this pain and anguish that this whole process is causing me. Okay, and that's how we're going to interpret his running after. Okay, so we're not, so we have proofs in both ways that they've been managed to be disputed. So Bai is going to try again. How do, where do I get my position that Gilui Das does not suffice you to form a withdrawal? Um, a man gave a get to his wife on a condition and says, if I don't return within 30 days, maybe he was afraid, you know, that uh, he, he would, you know, he would be lost, you know, that, 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 that some tragedy would happen and his wife wouldn't know about, wouldn't know about it and she would be an aguna, there wouldn't be evidence. So he said, if I don't return, or maybe it was just a normal tznai, you know, for whatever reason. Anyway, he said, if I don't return within 30 days, then it will be a get. Okay, also Upaske Mava. So he then, he actually was on coming back and he was ready to return to the city. Um, he was about to return to the city, but there was, you know, a... Um but the uh, ferry was on the other side of the river. So basically, he wanted to c- cross, you know, but like he couldn't get over within the 30-day limit. By the time the ferry would have gotten there, it would have been too late. But he was within earshot. Okay, and what did he do? And he said, um, 
Look, 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 I'm, I'm, I've arrived, I've arrived, I've come back, I've come back. So clearly he did not want, he wanted it to be that his, that the get would be batel, that the get would not take effect. Um, the Amar Shmuel, Shmuel said, okay, it's very nice. He says, I'm coming back, I'm coming back, I want to come back. He didn't come back, okay, and the condition therefore was met that he didn't come back. The Rava, the Rava, um, Virava. So therefore, so what does Abai try to prove from that? So Abai is trying to prove, you see that he has intent, he doesn't want the get to take effect, and nevertheless, tough luck, the get takes effect. Okay, so that's pretty clear, meaning forget the tznai is what Abai is saying. Um, you know, the tznai was satisfied. Okay, fine, so he didn't return. But at the same time, he makes it clear that he doesn't want the get to take effect. Shouldn't that constitute a bittel of the get, according to you, Rava? Why does that not constitute a bittel of the get for you, Rava, that Gilidas is enough? So let's see what Rava's response is. For Rava, and Rava would say back, Atu, hasam levitu gita boy? What, is he trying to be Mivato the get over there? Hasam likumi tonight, kaboy. He's trying to say, I fulfilled my condition. I've returned. I'm exactly the opposite. He didn't fulfill the condition. But okay, anyway, but he says basically I've returned. And he didn't return. He's focusing on trying to argue that the, that the condition of the get has, you know, has been satisfied, or the non-effectiveness of the get, the condition that it won't be effective if I return. And that's not actually the case. Now, that seems a little bit non-responsive. It is true that that is what he is arguing. But at the same point, it's also true that he doesn't want the get to take effect. Um, but here, you know, so, so why isn't Gilidas enough? So here, though, the answer could be because what should the Gilidas do? Should the Gilidas nullify the Shlichus? There is no Shlichus. He gave the get 30 days ago. He just made a condition. Okay, so what, So the only thing the Gilidas could do, this gets back to the question of whether we're trying to negate Shlichus or actually do Bittel of the get. So the Gilidas of Bittel of a get here is the question. When Abai, Rava says that that suffices. Does Rava mean that it suffices to know he doesn't want to divorce his wife and that affects a bitl of the get, that actually would be a little bit surprising, right? Because the get, maybe he wants to keep it in his, you know, you know, in his dresser, you know, in his desk and, you know, pull it out at a, at a later time if he wants to use it. So, Gilidas might not be enough that he knows he doesn't want to divorce his wife, although that was the initial case, but, uh, you know, but Gilidas to do bitl of a get might be that, you know, there, it's clear that he wants to be Mavato the get. He just didn't say it. All right, so that's Rava's response here. Rebbe's response is, look, he's focused on the Tanai. Is it clear that he doesn't want to divorce his wife? Yes, maybe it is clear he doesn't want to divorce his wife. But that is not enough to effect, even if I would go by Gilidas, there's no Gilidas of being Mevato the Get. And there's also no Shlichus to nullify here, so tough luck, the Get takes effect. Okay. Um... Uh, he's not trying to be mevato the get, meaning his gilidas is not about the status of the get. His focus is on that I satisfied my condition of the condition for the get to not take effect. Um, that did not, and that he would like to think that he satisfied it, but it was not because he did not get to the city in time. Okay, now another case. Um, a man said to uh, Okay, so he basically gave a get to his wife, and he said, you know, if because there was kiddushin, and he and his wife was pushing him to turn the kiddushin into actually nisuin, or to let her go and take other offers. So he gave her a get, and he said, if we don't do actually nisuin, you know, the chuppah, and actually start living together within thirty days, then this get will take effect. Okay, so he gave her the get on the condition that they do not get married within 30 days. 
meaning Nisuin. There's already Kiddushin. Kimatu Klasin Yomin, Amaluhu Hatarachna. Now, 30 days came about, and he wasn't yet ready to have the chuppah. But he says, look, 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 I'm trying. I'm trying to put together, you know, a down payment for the rent. I'm working on it. I'm working on it, and so on. Okay, so is that enough to be mevat the get? It's similar to the uh, previous discussion, although here it seems even weaker. What should be the concern? If the point is like, I'm trying to satisfy the condition, but it's out of my hands. Well, the halacha there is that that claim of, of onus, it's out of my hands, does not work by a tenai, by a get. Okay, that's a whole other studio somewhere else, but that's the basic point. It does not work by a tenai, by a get. So therefore, um, um, so, so the condition is, so, so he did not satisfy, at the end of the day, he didn't satisfy the condition, even though it was under his hands, and the get takes effect. Now, how about the Yeshua about Gilidas? So, okay, well, that would be dependent on the debate of Abai and Rava. So, so the get, certainly, in terms of the condition, the condition wasn't met, so therefore the get should take effect. Is his Gilidas enough to, to prevent it? That's the debate of Abai and Rava. Now, actually, that doesn't seem to make much sense, because it seems to be very similar to the previous case, and Tosu sort of says that, that, you know, based on the Havamina before, it's the debate of Abai and Rava, but actually the answer here could be that even according to Rava, tough luck, we know that you don't want to divorce your wife, but you are not, but there's no Gili Das about actually being Mevatel, the get, and there's also no Shlichus to be Mevatel here. Okay. Another case. A man said to the witnesses, if I do not, mar- do not marry, again, there was Kiddushin, so a, a get is meaningful, um, but there was no yet Nisuin. And if we don't do the Nisuin on, um, by, by Rosh Chodesh, to Adar, let it be a get. No, 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 I, I, I didn't say, uh, you know, Adar, I, I said Nisan. Now, obviously, the witnesses remembered that he said Adar, you know, clearly he's lying or he's misremembering, but either way, it's clear that he doesn't want the get to take effect. So, you know, what should we be concerned about here in terms of the effectiveness of the get? If we should say, well, he's trying, and therefore maybe, you know, that should be considered like he satisfied the condition, no, that's not true. You know, trying is not good enough, and even if it's out of your hands, the condition wasn't met. And since the condition wasn't met, the get takes effect. He didn't marry her by Rosh Chodesh Adar, the get takes effect. Imishum Gilidaita. Now, how about the fact that it's clear he doesn't want to divorce his wife? So, Pluxa Debai Verava. Okay, that's a debate of Abai and Rava. And again, at one hand, it's the debate of Abai and Rava, that a Rava might say that Gilidas, you know, suffices to do a bitto. But on the other hand, as Rava said, you know, before, is that we sort of, you know, it could be that the, this Gilidas is not enough, even according to Rava, because it's a Gilidas that he doesn't want to get to take effect, but it's not a Gilidas of a bitto of the, there's no Shlichus to be Mvatel, and there's no Gilidas about being Mvatel, the actual object of the get itself. Okay. Um, now, 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 after all this discussion, we're going to go back and reflect on like what the halacha is about. Also, some stuff we did the other day. The hilchasuk nachmin. The halacha is like nachmin. Okay, about the discussion we had, you know, the other day about being mevatel in terms of two, in terms of in front of two or in front of three. The hilchasuk nachmin. We also wrote like the other of nachmin. Okay, that he ruled like Rebbe in both of the debates in terms of whether b'diavid the bittel would work if you violated the takana. Um, the hilchasuk nachmini, and we also rule like nachmini. 
Nachmeni is a name for Abaye, and we rule like Abaye that Yilidaita beget is not sufficient. That actually, if you want to be Mevatel the get, you have to do an active speech act of Bitel the get, and presumably also if you want to be Mevatel the Shlichus, right? Demonstrating your, um, you know, your lack of desire does not actually revoke the Shlichus. This is one of the times where we rule like Abaye against Rava. It's Yalkagam is the famous mnemonic, and this is the Gimel of Yalkagam, Gilidat beget. Now, why was Abaye called Nachmeni? So if you take a look at Rashi, he says, second top line from the top, near Be'enai da'al shem she'rabba bar nachmeni gidel abayi beveso, v'lindo Torah. Okay, so that's because he was actually raised, Abaye was an orphan. Actually, some people say that the actual name Abaye is, um, excuse me, that the actual, you know, uh, um, that the actual name Abaye, that in the name Abaye actually, you know, there is, um, uh, uh, also a hint to the idea that he was an orphan. Asher, it's a Rashi Tevos. The Marsha says the idea of Asher Becha Yerucham Yatom. You know, that you, the, or, the orphan, through God, you know, the orphan will be consoled. So, um, so anyway, there's a question of exactly what his original name is. According to Rashi, his, his given name was Abaye, but he was called Nachmeni because uh, he was raised by Rabbi Bar Nachmeni, which, which is the Stam Rabbah. Others, you know, sort of flip it and actually say that his actual name was Nachmeni, but because of, uh, it sounded too much like Rabbi Bar Nachmeni or Rabbi Bar Nachmeni's father, you know, who was his, uh, you know, who raised him, they, they gave him this name of Abaye. And again, the word of Abaye, the Marsha explains based on this Rosh Tevos, very beautiful, Asher B'cha Yerucham Yatom. Okay, anyway, so we rule like Abaye in Yalkagam, Gili Das Beget is not sufficient. Next Mishnah. Um, and, st- and within this context of listing things of Tikkun Olam and still within the world of Gitin. Uh, Originally, they would change his, his name or her name, the name of the city, of his city or her city. Now, that's a little bit bizarre, right? I mean, why would they allow a, to use a wrong name, to change the name? So, as we'll sort of see, it really doesn't mean change the name, but it means using the name that was um, a, a secondary name or not making it clear what, you know, if there were multiple names, not citing all of the names, or using a name that was the name recognized in one place but not in the other place. So, there was lack of full clarity in terms of of the names that were being used. established that they should write this man and any name that he has, and this woman and any name that she has uh, because of Tikkun Olam. Now, of course, there's a very fascinating debate in the Rishonim, and a very important halachic debate, which is, how do you read those words, Kol Shum Do you read that in quote marks or in um, bracket, you know, like parentheses, fill in the name here? So would you actually write Sarah and every, uh, you know, and, and all other names by which he might be known, is that what he established? Or the more, it's more seemingly, and that we'll take a look in the Gemara, it means that you should list explicitly all the names by which she is also known. And therefore, there should be no confusion who you're referring to, and everybody should know, and the same by him, and the same by the names of the cities. So therefore, list them all in the get so that it's very clear, and there's never a confusion about who was the person who was being divorced, and you know, who was being divorced. Okay, so now let's take a look at the Gemara. I'm a Rabbi Yudah Mashmuel. said Rabbi Yudah named Mashmuel. The people from Medina Siyam said to Rebbe Gamliel in Israel, People that are coming from, um, from Eretz Yisrael to here, to Medina Siyam. Shmo Yosef, Yochanan. 
Yochanan v'kaim lo Yosef. So we have got a get a problem here, okay? That you know um, where he comes from. Maybe his original name was Yosef, but here we call him Yochanan, or the reverse. You know, call him Yochanan where he originally came from. But here in Medina Sayam, calling him Yosef. It's interesting. Like those are two good, you know, good Jewish names. Why exactly he changed it? Maybe I don't know. Maybe he wanted to get away from you know from the life he was leaving behind, um, or maybe these are just substitutes and actually they were using you know more secular names in Medina Sayam. Either way, though, he says he goes. He's known by different names. Okay. Now he wants to send a get back to his wife in Eretz Israel. Which name should he use? The name by which he is known here or the name by which he is known where the get is being delivered? And now this gives a lot more uh, clear, clarity to the Mishnah's concern about different names. So let's ta- and switching the names. So let's take a look. Um, that prompted him to make the takana that you should write his name and every other name that they might that, that that he might have in order to deal with any of that ambiguity. Now again, which is the name that you start with? Though is it the name where in the place where you are writing, or is it the name in the place where it is being sent and received, you know, that is not clear. Tosos has a whole major discussion about that question. Let's see what the Gemara says about this. Okay. That only is when it's established that he has different names. You know, one name here and one name over there. Okay. But if it's not established that he has another name, then you don't have to do it. Now, of course, that's a little funny. If it's not established that he has another name, what are you supposed to do, right? <laughs> you know, so Rashi says, well, the, the, the question would be whether you have to write in any other name that he might have, again, in quote marks, right? So again, we're getting to that question, whether we're talking about that formulaic and any other name that he might have or not. Um, but if you don't think that we're talking about a formulaic, right, then what's the point of ruling? Well, if he's not established two names, it's not a problem, right? I mean, obviously, we can't write a name we don't know about, so no. So the, 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 the relevance of that would be bitievet, okay? If it was only established of one name, and then later somebody came and said, you, you know, after it was written, well, you know, actually, he's going, he also goes by another name, um, then that would not invalidate the get, okay? So that gets to an important question about the bitievet here also. So was, you know, we, in the earlier mission as well, we asked the question, is that, it, it, does the Takana mean Bidiyevit it's no good or not? So here, Rebbe Gamliel, right, is it that actually before Rebbe Gamliel's Takana, um, you know, uh, get would be bata, would be Pasel because it didn't use the right range of names? Or was it a, you know, or, or no, if as long as it was a legitimate name in one of the places where it's written or where it's received, um, then it would be kosher. And he was coming and saying, that's not enough, though, we need clarity. And if so, what's the halacha bidyevet? Okay, so if reading this the way Rashi does and the emphasis of bidyevet, and we'll see what the Gemara says in a minute, it's implying that actually sometimes if you make a mistake, if somebody has to establish names, and you were all, you know, one here and one there, and you only write one, that it could be Pasel Bidiyevet. Either that's the effect of Ramamliel's Takana, or maybe that was true regardless. Maybe his Takana was trying to prevent that, but that's just a reality that if it's not, if there's that lack of clarity, um, then it's not clearly referring to, to that person, and therefore it would be, it would be Pasel. So that's a really important question about the status of the Get Bidiyevet. Okay, Amale, so anyway, but Ravashi says if you don't have established two names, then Bidiyevet, it is going to be um, kosher, and you also don't have to write a formulaic and any other name that he might have. Um, you should know that Rav Mari and Rebbe Lezer hold like you. Now, here we have a Bryce that goes like Ravashi. A man was married to two wives. One in, in, in Judea and one in Galilee. 
And he had two names. One he went by in, in, you know, in, in Judea, and one he went by Galilee. Okay, now here you have the clear Bidiyevet ruling. If it was implicit before, it was explicit here. He went ahead and he did the normal thing. You know, he divorced to get to his wife in Yehuda, with his, in Judea, with his Judea name, or his Galilean wife with his Galilean name. It is not valid. Okay, so but you actually have to go ahead and use both names or else it's Bidiyevet Puzzle. This is, so there's a lot of things that's important by this Braitha. Number one is that if you don't do this, it is Bidiyevet, not good. Um, and again, that raises the question, was that the Rebbe Takana said that I'm going to make it invalid or was it, you know, it gets to the question about how Chazal could be Mavatal, a good get, um, or is it actually saying something different? Is it saying that um, um, that it be, that because it lacks clarity, it's up, it's it's the right apostle get, and Rebbe Gamliel Stakana was to try to prevent that. But one way or the other, there are cases that it will be possible. The other thing, Bakel, I should say, the other thing that emerges from this is that the. It seems that the that the that the default name, you know, the, the the name you begin with, is based on the place in where it's being delivered. Okay, so he is so since if he is divorcing his Judean wife and therefore it's being sent to Judea, um, therefore the, you start with the Judean name and you add the Galilean name. Okay, so that seems to be that you, the name that to start with is based on the place in where the wife lives and the place in where the get is being received. Okay. Um, that um, and again, Tosos has a whole discussions about all of these things, but that is the certainly what emerges from this brighter. Um, Okay. Uh, when you're divorcing, divorcing his wife in the Galilee, he uses Galilean name, but he includes also shame to the emo. And otherwise, it actually would be butter. Now, if he actually leave, you know, went to Chutzlarts or something, and then he, you know, you know, divorced using one of his names, that would be fine. So, like, huh? What? I don't understand. He went to Chutzlarts. But if he's living in Judea and he uses one of his names, or Galilee uses one of his names, it's Batel. But if he leaves and goes to a third place, it's going to be okay to just use one of his names? What sense does that make? So the Gemara says, so, didn't you say that you needed to have both names? So why is it any different? The difference must be that when he goes to another place, that other place, they don't know that he's got other names. He goes to, you know, he goes to Chutzart, he goes to New York, he only is known by his Judean name. So therefore, you know, in Judea and Galilee, they're aware that he's got another name in the other place. And therefore, you have to include it, and if not, it's Batel. But if you're in New York and nobody knew that he, and there was also a Galilean name, and he's divorcing his Judean wife, and, you know, using, let's assume he's using his Judean name and divorcing his Judean wife, right? Um, then in that case, it would be kosher, and we're not going to be mevatelet. Now, that makes it sound that the bittel is actually a rabbinic bittel, because at the end of the day, if there is a lack of clarity, right, just because we were ignorant, and we didn't know he had two names, and we can't be blamed, but if you would say that objectively speaking, there's some lack of clarity, and that causes a little gap, then that shouldn't matter. Okay, so the fact that we actually are saying that when you're not to blame and you only knew of one name, that the get is going to be kosher if you didn't have it, but if you do know of the other name and you don't have it, then it's going to be batel, that makes it seem very clearly that the bitl is something that is chazal or being the to be the batel the get, which is 
pretty drastic and something we, you know, we've discussed by the previous two canolas as well. Okay, so now we have that idea that you have to use, if you know of another name, it has to be used, and if not, it's Batel, that the default name should be, or the start name should be presumably the name of where the get is being delivered, where the wife lives. Um, and, but if you're not aware, then what can you do? And be the ever the get will be kosher. Okay. Um, there's a woman that they used to call Miriam, Opursa Sarah, and a small percentage called her Sarah. Aminarda, Miriam Bechushum Sheeshla, Velo Sarah Bechushum Sheeshla. You start, you, the default name is Miriam because that is the majority and not Sarah. Okay? Now that seems obvious, that's an easy type of a question, right? Because, I mean, well, obviously you should sort of default it to the one that's used more by the majority. Um, you know, Ramosha deals with interesting questions about, let's say, somebody is, you know, known by a non-Jewish, like a secular name, right? Let's say somebody was known as, I don't know, um, Sarah was known as um, <laughs> to say, uh, Cynthia or something. So would you do, and Cynthia was the, was the common name, but, uh, you know, obviously her, 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 some people still knew her as Sarah, so you would start by Cynthia rather than by Sarah, even though it was the Nakush name. Um, that's certainly, the Gemara does not seem to, you know, say seems, you know, that's what seems a shot of this Gemara here. It doesn't seem to reference secular or non-secular. But the case in the Gemara is a pretty simple, is a very straightforward one, right? Obviously, you would go by the one that's majority. The real question that comes up from the Gemara, two final points about this. One is, what would be the evidence if you reversed it? Would that really be a problem? Well, actually, three points. One is, you know, is the Gemara just saying that that's the preference? Um, if you reversed it, would it then be, oh, now it seems like we're talking about some other person because, you know, who knows her as Sarah? Everybody knows her as Miriam. So what would be the B'dievet is not spelled out. The other thing that's important about this Gemara is also that um, here it seems like we're not talking about a different name in a different place. We're talking about somebody that goes by multiple names in the same place. And now we're also introducing that in that case as well you have to include those additional names, something that was not clear from before when somebody actually has some nicknames and so on. And so it's not just a completely different name in a different place. And the third part is, of course, the question of whether Koshum Sheishla is is the is formulaic, um, or is it actually mean list the names? So is the Gemara saying that you write, you know, Miriam and any other name she might by which she might be known? You actually write those words essentially, um, you know, or do you actually say Miriam, you know, who's also known as Sarah? Again, that question of whether this is formulaic or not, um, or has to be filled in, remains unclear. Okay, we will end for this for now.